everything's already recording. We'd just like to roll right into it. Great. Let's do it. Cheers. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for really having appreciate me. It. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we were able to find time. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. Uh, so you've managed to mm. do... Good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I used the... Uh, I've got the bar up here. I used the double oak. Very nice. And I grabbed the lemons and the mint on the way home. Easy. Long, long shift at work today. Oh, but uh, that wasn't easy. No. Uh, so I want to I want to dive in because you've managed to do something, which I think is pretty incredible. And I want to I want to hear like I follow it on Instagram a little bit, but I don't know how it got started and how you've managed to build it so sure. successfully. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know, you're a college audition coach. Yeah, I am. And I started a business and I call it New York City College Audition Coach. Yeah. Of all things. Um, and it started because of the pandemic, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, so my birthday is the 10th of March. And on the 11th of the March, the Happy city belated. shut down. And thank you. And uh, and on the 13th or 14th of March, I lost like $45,000 of income, which is like... At, at that moment and still now to me like $45,000 is, is a chunk of money right so I freaked out my parents were like you can move home and work for Amazon like which there's nothing wrong with working at Amazon but I had fought so hard to make my living as an artist here mm-hmm. in New York for so long and I was like I don't want to not do that you know and so I was like maybe I can coach kids through the college audition process via Zoom because I'd always done it at studios that I had taught at in person, right? But it would be like one or two kids per year. Well, come to find out that the college audition coaching business, one, is booming. Like it's a it's a big, big, it's niche, but it's really fruitful each year. There's lots of students that want it or that need it, to be quite frank. Um, and and it's always been on Zoom. It's always been on Zoom. And really? so, yeah, I, I, this, this year I had one student in person. He lives like a few blocks away and his mom found me on the internet and she's like, I think we live like four blocks from each other and she, she lives in the neighborhood, but so it's always been on zoom. And so it's been since May of 2020, I've been doing it and it's, uh, endlessly fascinating to me. I, I am good at it. I know I'm good at it and it can in the, in the best of cases, it like changes people's lives. And in the worst of cases, like they just get into a school or two or I think I've never had a student that's gotten into less than three, but there's always wow. been accepted. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it is kind of huge because it's really competitive to get into to yeah. school. Yeah. Uh, so Harvard's acceptance rate is like 4%, 4.6%, I is guess. Is that theater department? No. Or is that just Harvard in general? That's just Harvard in general. Okay. But Harvard's one of the most difficult Ivy League schools and schools in general to get into. Okay. And that acceptance rate is 4.6%. So 4.6% of the applicants that apply get in. Elite musical theater schools, their acceptance rates can be as low as 0.75 to 1.5%. Oh, my God. So you're talking about like University of Michigan, Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, Boston uh, Conservatory, Baldwin Walls. Those elite musical theater schools, that's how difficult it is to get get in. It's crazy. So the need for coaching is a serious need. Like it's, it's And the process is super long. And so, yeah, it's it's been really great. And I, I love it a lot. Yeah. Um, so what's the process like when, like when you bring on a student and decide, decide you're going to coach them through, like, is it one session or is it multiple over weeks or do you say meet with them once a week until they audition 
for one school? Is it yeah. by school? Like how, what's, what's that process like? That's a good question. And it starts with consultation. So you have a meeting and I like to sit down with parents and the students and, or parents or guardian or whoever loves them at home yet. Right. And I like to be really honest. So I'm not trying to take anybody's money. And so I've had three instances where I was like, this probably isn't for you or like maybe not a degree in musical theater. Look at straight acting programs, but it starts with that consultation. So we'll sit down and we'll talk about what they know about the college audition process. And then I'll kind of give them an overview of how it works. Right. And then I'll have them perform for me. So do a monologue and like 32 bars of a song. And then I'll have an ominous conversation with them about like, look, this is where I think you're at in your journey as an actor. And these are the schools that I think I might have for you uh, in terms of like reach schools, target schools and safety schools. Um, and I, I give them a more formal list like the next day, but we talk about it uh, in the meeting because I like to set expectations and I don't want anybody to be chasing a dream of being admitted to the university of Michigan when there's no way they're going to be number one. And number two, even if they were that institution wouldn't serve that kid. Right. Right. So for many, for a myriad of reasons, but um, because the, the each individual person is at a different place in their journey and the schools will serve them in different ways. And it doesn't mean that because you can't get into the university of Michigan for musical theater, that does not mean you can't be a professional actor or that you don't have a place in this industry. Um, cause quite frankly, at these elite schools, it's about most, it, most of the time it's about something else other than talent. It's, it's what type you are. It's what voice type you are. It's that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah. Um, but that's how it starts. And then, um, part of being a solo entrepreneur, I'm trying to decide what kind of business model I want. And so that's been really interesting. So like, am I selling packages of lessons or am I selling a la carte or what am I doing? So I try to offer packages because it also offers a discount. Um, and also I've been trying to undercut the market uh, without devaluing my services. Right. Because yeah, private instruction is really expensive, right? And it should be, but I want to undercut the market, give a fair price, but also I don't want people to look at my my stuff and be like, why would I go with him? He's only X amount of dollars. Yeah, if you're too cheap, then it seems like you've got a lower quality. Right, yeah. exactly. So so yeah, so it starts there and then... Uh, it usually generally starts uh, in the summertime, like the summer between junior and senior year. That's when you really need to hit it. I think the college coaching industry uh, kind of like tries to make it a year round thing. Uh, but it, it's it, they'll if you start like if you started right now, it would be OK. If you start like at the top of the second semester of high school, your junior year, those pieces will be so stale by the time you go to even film your pre-screen auditions. So uh, it starts really uh in the summer and then we hit it pretty hard and then there's these things called pre-screens and then we go from go from there nice yeah uh so your first year was pandemic so you said may 2020 how yeah. many students did you have that first cycle cycle um two kind of okay <laughs> yeah and how many so we're cut we're coming up on another one like do you have people already signed up for this upcoming yeah i a few but it's it really it happens in my experience, which is still new, it happens pretty quickly. And like, it seems like when it rains, it pours, like I'll get like three inquiries in like one day and like, Whoa. Um, but it, it's, I'm hoping in the next few weeks to start to fill that roster. Uh, but my numbers have increased every year. Um, and the number of acceptances and scholarship dollars that students have received have, has also increased every year. So things are going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but you know, the business side of it is like, I, I have a BFA in acting. I don't have a BF or I don't have a bachelor's degree in business or marketing or development or 
you know, when you run your own business, like you're all the things. Mm -hmm. So like all that kind of stuff is, is new to me and I'm fascinated by it and enjoy learning about it, but I want to build Rome in like half a day and it wasn't <laughs> built in the day. Right. right. So, yeah. So, and, and, and the, this process is such that it's a yearly thing. And so people will interact with your content on social media or whatever, but they only need your services one time. Right. Usually sometimes the people will come back, but so, yeah, um, I started with two kids and it's, I've, I'm at a, a, a few more than that now. So, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Is it our referrals a big part of this or is it mostly social media interaction? It's uh, referral referrals and social media interaction. Yeah. And you know, the referrals, I think that part of it uh, only has a certain shelf life, you know, like right. as you, if the, the year after you get someone into a school, and you, they're really happy with it. They're, of course, they're going to refer you to all their friends. The parents are going to talk. And then the next year. But then if you get beyond that, you don't really know those people, right? right? So who are they referring you to unless someone comes to them? So that's been interesting, too, trying to get the most out of referrals. Uh, um, Strike while the iron's hot type Yes, thing. exactly. Yeah. Um, and that sounds kind of like... But like I'm using people or whatnot, but it's not, it's not like that. And doesn't no. when I, someone refers yeah. you, they want to refer you, right? right? And so... I have worked with incredible families that have been just really kind and have, have really gone to bat for me, which I'm really grateful for. So nice. that too is now turned into like 25, almost 30 this past cycle. So referrals or, or students, students that have gone through. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a lot of growth in, in a short amount of time. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, this is all like technical stuff of it. Um, mm -hmm. what's your favorite part about, cause it's a, it seems like it's a fun thing. You know, you're working in the arts, you're working with kids like late, late stage high school kids and they're singing and acting for you. And you're yeah. kind of making them in a lot of ways better at both of those things. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite part about that? Uh, I could answer if that you, question in two, in two yeah, ways. Yeah. 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 Um, my favorite part of it is, uh, the mentorship is, is, uh, helping to guide them through the disappointments. So you have these kids that they've been the lead in every single high school play that they were ever in, right? From freshman year to senior year. And they have these dreams of going to these big name schools. And the first thing that you do in the process that formally is you submit like pre-screen auditions to most schools. Some don't pre-screen, but most do, which is a pre-screen audition is an audition to get an audition. These minute or two video clips and every school has different requirements. It's a, it's a disaster. Um, but <laughs> we have ways of... Um, of organizing it that uh, are helpful. Uh, that's why you have someone like me on your team. Um, but you send the pre-screens in and the, those come back, right? And it is really hard to hear no from the University of Michigan or the Boston Conservatory if you've dreamt of going to that school for all those years. And yeah. you, see, you know, because the kids are on the internet and they're on the YouTube and they're on social media and they, they idolize these people and they know where they go to school. And so if your first three pre-screen uh, answers are no, no, and no, that's a lot. And to, to help them navigate that and to help them uh, get perspective on on why you'd be rejected and the fact that there's so many more reasons why you would be rejected as opposed to why you would be accepted or passed on through that pre-screen, I really enjoy that. And the second part is um, it really helps people. Like, So I'll give you an example. I have a student this cycle, and her name is Tiffany. So the kid, she seeks me out on her own from TikTok, 17-year-old kid, and she emails me. And the, the, the gist of the email is like, I'd love to have a meeting. I'm really excited about this process. I know a lot about this process, but I don't have any money. And so I was like, of course we can have a meeting. Like it's no big deal. And this kid is so kind and so gracious and so intelligent and knows about the process and, and understands. So he knows she's from a lower income family in Florida. 
she's really kind, really generous. And then homegirl sings for me. And I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh. Like, oh my gosh. And shortly after that, this brave kid says to a, a stranger in less than 20 minutes of meeting that she just lost her father like a month prior. And I was like, trying not to cry on the Zoom, you know? And like, this kid needs help. And so I scholarshiped her in a way that I said, this is my family and friends rate. I'm going to cut that rate in half and you'll pay me half my family and friends rate every other time we meet. So it was like, it's like 35 or something dollars. The numbers don't really matter, but what it, what, what it, it made the coaching accessible to her in a way that still made her feel like she was compensating me for my time and she was mm -hmm. working hard at it. And so, you know, she goes through the process and there's ups and downs for everyone, even as talented as she is. One of the first schools she hears back from as a final decision is Emerson, which is her dream school, one of her dream schools. And she gets in and there's like this video online and she, they, cause they all, it's, which is terrifying, but they all will videotape themselves or film themselves hearing from the schools because they open emails and it's like, yeah. oh my, why are you doing that? But she posts this, email, this video and she gets in. Emerson is $80,000 a year. Like that's not a joke. Yeah. 80 grand. And I, I was like, Tiffany, I don't know if this is going to be the look for you. Like that's so much money. And a week after that, I was doing one of my side hustle gigs, walking through Times Square and leading like 80 people from Texas <laughs> to this Broadway show. And she calls me and she's like sobbing on the phone. Emerson waved her tuition They've got her room and board is taken care of. They're buying her books. They bought oh her God. a computer. They're giving her health insurance. Like this kid got the full ride of all full rides. And she just kept saying like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And like, to me, like being able to, to play a small part in that, because my part is small in that. Like you, you're, you are the one with the gifts and you walked into those rooms. Did I help put you in the right lane on the highway? Yes. But even having a small part in that is like, that's gold all day. So that's that's my second favorite part, I guess, is yeah. is being able to change people's lives. Literally, yeah. I took this, you know, whatever eighty thousand dollars times four is. I don't have to agree in math, but three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Thank you. Plus I've, room and board, right. so call it four hundred grand. I've taken that and and helped her wipe that away completely. And it's like, you know, in situations like this, like the other kid gets the money that like kind of needs the money. Like in this instance, like the universe has gotten it right. Like yeah. this kid needs this money and she deserves it. And so um, instances like that, or even, you know, half a full ride or, you know, this scholarship dollar, amount of uh, scholarship dollars, it, it, the impact that it can have. Yeah. It's really great. Uh, this young lady, is she, was this, this most recent cycle or is she now at Emerson or? No, she, so it's just recent. So she'll be attending in the fall. Okay. But after she was given the scholarship that, 10 people in the entire incoming freshman class, not of the theater department, of Emerson College in general, 10 people will receive the scholarship. And so they flew those 10 people from wherever they were living in the country to Emerson to have this whole weekend. And um, she, she kept, I can't remember the expression she, that she was using, what the kids say these days, but something about like how nice the accommodations were. And she's like, I have my own hotel room. <laughs> like, oh my God. But like she is, she's so sweet, uh, and and also I think will have a career in musical theater. I really yeah. do think that she'll have a career. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's my favorite part, <laughs> the impact. That's, yeah, I can see that. Uh, that's that's huge. 
It is. Yeah. It is. And it, you know, and sometimes it feels like I'm sitting in my room, uh, just a few blocks away, like sing it again, Kelsey, sing it again. That'll be X amount of dollars of your parents' money. But, um, it's not that it's so much more than that. But even on days that it is that, that's also important too. Mm-hmm. Cause there's so much that goes into it. It's like, it's, it's a numbers game and it's a, where should, should you be applying and auditioning for your, because of your grades, how much your family can afford to help you. Like there are 7,000 different things that go into that decision. And those things were present. I think when you and I were applying and going to school, but much less so. And the competition was way less. And in the last few years, interest in studying theater has skyrocketed. Yeah. Which is crazy because, you know, our industry was taken away from us. Like, you know, more than anybody, our industry was taken away from us. Your Broadway debut was taken oh. away from you for a long time. Oh, yeah. You were denied I, that because of this crazy thing, yeah. which to me would be like, why would people send their kids to school to study this? Because in many ways, too, it's a meaningless degree, which we can talk about later if you want. But uh, <laughs> but why would you, you know, but it's even through the pandemic, numbers have gone up every year. Which which is crazy to me. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if you know this. I don't know if it's come up because by then you were you were gone. You were graduated. Um, I didn't get into the BFA program when I auditioned. Um, so we <laughs> <laughs> wait. What? <laughs> so I I didn't get in uh, after I auditioned, and they accepted I think ten or eleven people, and were, then were you our friend Alex's year? Did you go to? Was that the same Alexander? year? Alexander? Yeah. No, I was a year below Sorry. him. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're a year below him. Which, when you were a senior, I was a freshman. I'm, I'm oldest. Oh my gosh. We, <laughs> it's like three years. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, um, and we're in New York after like fit, after 12, 13 years. Oh gosh. So it's fine. Again, we're both oldest. But okay, that is crazy. I had no idea. I, I had a feeling you might not have known. Yeah, I didn't get it. So... Uh, if those don't know, the BFA program was the final two years. We auditioned at the end of our sophomore year of college. And I didn't get in. All of my friends did. All of the people. Um, people that I won't name by name, but I thought I was definitely more skilled or focused then. Maybe not talented, because I... I think there's a difference between talent and effort and focus. Mm -hmm. And while my effort and focus was definitely diffused by college, like, you know, general ed requirements. And I was also an RA. And when I was 19, I started bartending because my family lost a lot in the crash of 2008. And Mm -hmm. so we were pretty broke at the time and bartending was good money. And so I was like, my, my effort and focus was diffused, but it was still high and so I, that definitely made me feel a certain kind of way. But then uh, I got a call from, <clears throat> I won't name his name, but the guy who taught Meisner better than Meisner um, <laughs> over the summer and said, hey, you've got a spot if you want one. I'm like, what is going on? And it was because someone dropped out because they couldn't. I believe he said, and I don't know if he should have told me this. I believe he said this person couldn't afford the tuition and had to not return to Wayne State that year. Probably shouldn't have told you that. Probably should not have told Well, he said a lot of things to a lot of people that he shouldn't yeah. have said. Yeah, he should um, And so, you know, for that reason, not that this will ever get back to anyone, but uh, I won't name any of these people by name. But yeah, I, that was that was one of those, 
you know, all the way back in 2010, it was so not a thing that people were pursuing that I didn't get in. And then over the summer, they brought me in, I think, just to keep the numbers of my 10 person graduating class in double digits. Sure. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then flash forward to, so I graduated 2012, flash forward to 2013, the year of like Ivy and Kelly and okay. Britta, and they had like 30 some graduating people, I think maybe high twenties. Wow. They had, they had more than double. Okay. Um, BFA. Wow. People. Okay. That's crazy. Yes. Um, yeah. You, you know, and, and, I think it applies to your situation, although like just knowing the school and knowing what was happening at that time, like it's outlandish to me that you weren't admitted, but there were reasons why and, you know, reasons that probably had nothing to do with your talent, but that's just, that's, that's it was, it was, <laughs> I'm like trying to come up with like some, some smart, like college counselor, like yeah. answer as to what, <laughs> I'm, there's not really an answer to that. Um, it was, it was a weird thing because I remember saying to everyone, I'm like, that eh, it looks like I didn't get in. And they're all like, what? That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you, so you ended up, you did go through, you did mm-hmm. matriculate through that curriculum and yeah, it was, and I, I don't know. So you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, Degrees in theater are a useless degree earlier. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I agree as a blanket, but I think that I didn't learn very much that's actually useful out here in the real world. Sure. Which is, you know, an issue with the pro- I think lots of students feel that way when they finish, yeah. regardless of where you go to school, some less than others, right? Um, and I can certainly understand why you felt that way coming from the program that I had graduated from just a few years prior. Um, but uh, what were you just saying? But now I'm losing my train of thought. Train of thought. Um, the drinks aren't that strong. I know. Um, <laughs> They're good though. No, you. So I felt. I felt. So I'll. I'll elaborate a yeah. little bit. I felt frustration after being out here for a couple years with how it seemed like we weren't set up for success in acting or theater as a business, which is definitely something that you need to know because. You need to present yourself as both an actor, a person that can do a monologue, do a scene, et cetera, and also as an asset to that production, right. You know, be it on stage or on camera, um, mostly on stage given the nature of the program, the way that it was uh, directed. Um, I managed to find an acting coach out here and we did, it was the deal of the century. We had two three-hour acting classes every week. So Monday and Wednesday, from like 10 to one and it was so eight classes every month 125 150 dollars that is literally insane ladies and gentlemen and that was a kind person yeah and and talented smart and uh, he managed to i always this is the metaphor that i've used for 10 years now if wayne state was the equivalent to like medical school and I went and I wanted to learn to be a surgeon. Okay. Wayne state was like, this is a scalpel. This is a bone <laughs> saw. This is a, this, this is a, this is a, this. And then you walk in and they're like, go perform surgery. Sure. And I'm like, but, but like, how do I like, what's the scalpel good for? Like, yeah. when do I use what? And Tom, my acting coach was the one who was able to be like, 
you have this tool. This is how you use it. This uh, is when to use it. Um, this is what you're doing wrong. You're do like too much pressure. This one floats. This one glides when you eat and you know, stuff like that. And I guess that was my biggest frustration with, you know, this guy was teaching me for a couple bucks an hour. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what eight classes times three hours divided by $125 is, but right. it's, it was dirt cheap Under his, that, and yeah, I sure. still have an outstanding student loan debt of about $33,000 for, I've, I've got, I've got a mental image of one of our teachers just screaming and smacking himself against the wall because he thought it'd be funny. And I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. The fuck. Right. What the fuck? You know? it, it's, yeah. These degrees, you know, no school, schools can get you in the room. Like, uh, the university of Michigan musical theater program, that's going to get you in a room to audition. Yes. Right. Balls and balls will get you in a room. It, no degree will book you a job. You know, if you go to medical school, if you do go to actual medical school, yeah. Wayne State has a great medical school or, or wherever, you're going to get a job as a doctor and that's going to pay you well. And, you know, you could take care of your loans or lawyer or whatever. Not so in the theater industry. In right. fact, you're making this large investment like Boston Conservatory is also $80,000 a year. That's a lot of money. And you're investing in a, in a degree that's not going to give you a job. Right. In fact, jobs are scarce throughout your entire life. Um, and so all this investment, so it's a useless degree, right? But it's not. And I think part of what you were talking about, this synth synthesis, well, how do you say that word? Synthesis? Synthesis. synthesis. Yeah. Yes. Bringing together your tools your, is something that I actually, one, try to lay the foundations in, in my business uh, while they're preparing to go to college, but also keep in contact with students in formal and, and informal ways uh, to make them monetize the soft skill set that they have as theater makers. So when you're in a play or you work on a play on the production side, you learn to work collaboratively. You learn to show up on time. You learn empathy, which helps you read a room, right? I'm sure that you have friends, but I have tons of friends in New York that are doing nothing related to theater, but can say, I would not have this job that making, I'm making oodles amounts of money at without my degree in theater, right? It's the soft skills. And technology is changing so fast that skills will need to be learned even by people that are currently in those jobs. So mm -hmm. you're not going to get a job computer coding if you can't computer code, right? right. But those, those, that technology is changing all the time, right? Da, 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 da. So even the people that are currently in the field have to re, re uh, not relearn, but learn new skills. So you can learn a skill set. If you're someone that can go into an interview and read the room, be a human being before AI takes over everything, um, <laughs> uh, that is going to serve you really, really well. And I, I'm curious, do, do you think that in your job as a bartender, like, do you think that your actor training has helped you at all being able to like shoot the shit with people? Definitely. Yeah. I, I've, I rarely go on now that I've, it, it was frustrating coming out here. Cause I, I had bartended for three and a half years in Michigan and I went on interviews and also like I was 22. I had a young face. I looked like a kid. I get it. How much can you trust that a kid is actually good at what he's saying he's good at? Fine. Uh, but I, after hitting a certain age and having a couple different better spots that people recognized on my resume, noticed that with that and with a little bit of age and all of these soft skills that I had already had, right. I rarely 
don't get offered the job after an interview. I can't really think of a service industry job that I've gone for where I didn't get the job. See, and that, and yeah, and we're talking some like high end steakhouses in Midtown. Um, like I worked at one for two years, and once people saw that on the resume, like I got offered a job at three more. I didn't take them because steakhouse culture is not for me. But you know, I got. The, the spot that I'm at now, the spot that I started working at after my uh, show closed, I barely interviewed. Like right. I, I went and I met the, the GM on a shift mm-hmm. because my buddy was working and he's like, someone just quit. Do you want a job? And I'm like, <laughs> I need one. Yeah. yeah. And I met with the GM for, briefly and she's like, he recommends you. You seem great. You're in. Yeah. Like and it's, yeah, that's. That's fantastic. And these, these soft skills, like they're, you got to be able to monetize them though. That's what, what I think it is. And for you, like steak, steakhouse culture isn't the thing, but bartending is the thing, right? So for, and I think for some people, new performers that have just gotten to the city working in the service industry doesn't serve them because they'll be up till four in the morning and they won't go to that open call or whatever. Side note, you need an agent and you need to get an appointment. Don't go to, <laughs> yeah. call. but that's a different discussion. But, um, it, you have to have jobs that are not survival jobs. You have to have jobs that will help you thrive, not survive, right? Mm-hmm. And what are those jobs? They're high yielding income, low amount of hours. Bartending and serving can be that if it works for you and works in your life and your schedule. Um, but but putting all those things together, so it's it's the actor training from the studio, it's the experience in productions, right? And then also the real life stuff. So like the how do you file your taxes or all that kind of stuff. And then also what is your job that helps you thrive, not survive? That's what I think. If you could combine that all in a program, which I think some programs are, that would be helpful to actor training programs across the country. Um, and it's something certainly that I try to do with my business is, is to help students monetize those any skill set that they have or even just being a people person because you studied human behavior for four years, monetize that. Turn that into money and money that you make quickly mm-hmm. that will allow you to have a life, you know? Um, and have a savings account and save it for retirement yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah. what do you make of, cause you know, we're actors, performers, soft skills. What do you make of all of the people that are monetizing like TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube reels, Facebook reels I heard are blowing up right now. Yeah. Um, influencers is kind of a term that I think gets flack because I think people find influencers to be fake and annoying, but like genuine not that influencers aren't genuine, but like genuine like actors or singers that are putting just their stuff out and creating almost their own, you know, let's call it, let's use musicians creating their own label on their own TikTok channel and all of that, like that brand new thing that didn't exist even five years after you and I moved out here. Yep. It's, uh, this is what I think about it. It's not going anywhere and you have to join it. You can't beat it. And so I think there is no... Uh, replacement for uh, quality in terms of being an actor like no replacement for quality training and technique and skill set but in terms of bringing that skill set to bear in the industry and to offer yourself to the industry social media is absolutely a part of that and it's not going anywhere you know even if TikTok does get banned or whatnot that something else will come along yeah and um, I personally with my business have lots not lots of money but like significant amounts of money have come from just me being on TikTok, and that's free marketing 
Mm-hmm. Right. It, it also frustrates the hell out of me because I don't understand the freaking algorithm. I mean, like sometimes my <laughs> videos, like I'll get 30,000 views and then some will get, which is not even a lot, but like, and then I'll have videos where, where for a streak of weeks, like 231 views. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? But it's, it's not going anywhere. And I, th- and I think, um, uh, people turn their nose up at it are just uh, going to be left in the dust. Um, yeah. So, and it, you know how AI figures into that and the automation of everything. I don't, I don't really know, but again, that's part of, the business side of things. Um, but it's also fun too. I don't know if you find it fun, like TikTok in particular, I think it's the creative part of me is like, this fun to make these videos. <laughs> and like, I have to balance in my week, like how much time I spend doing it. But like, uh, yeah, it's, it's here to stay. I think. Yeah. I, and cause I haven't been making that much, uh, content for TikTok or that, not, not that much for Instagram, which I've been on for years, but I plan to for this show, you know, once I get things sure. really rolling, yeah. once I start putting stuff out, because um, I keep hearing, you know, if you want to go viral, if you want to get X amount of followers, if you want to have this trajectory of growth, you need to post like two, three times a day, which is a lot. But I see, I follow people on Instagram. It seems like they do put something out two or three times a day. Right. And like these, these apparently scripted things like these these sketches like i follow this i follow this troupe of like nine young actors and i can't tell but it looks like it's just a guy with his camera like this and it's scripted because he's moving to the person who's talking before they talk so he knows who's gonna talk next right so it's like rehearsed and whatnot but they put out like two or three of these a day yeah and and it's so much yeah, it it is a ton. And I think, you know, in terms of social media marketing, it, which is a whole field in and of itself. And when you are, a, you run, you know, you are your actor Inc. Right. Mm-hmm. So you are your business um, that you don't have a social media marketing team for you. And so things like content creation calendars can help, uh, like make sure you're making enough content for what you need to, to, to drive that growth. Um, and that's, again, stuff I'm still all learning about now is how, how do I make this amount of content in a, a way that is not, uh, is, is sustainable. That is sustainable. Right. right. Um, and it, it's, that's a whole interesting part of the, the, the game, this entrepreneurship, yeah. which being an actor is absolutely, I, I think is you are Justin Wagner Inc. You know, like that's what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, if you, if, I mean, you said you haven't figured it out. If you figure it out, let me know. I will. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the frustrating thing that I've dealt with as an actor, cause I've gone in for cold call auditions and you have the form filled out. The new thing that I've noticed is the, how many TikTok followers do you have? How many Instagram followers? How, how many Twitter followers do you have? Yeah. As I was, um, as I was leaving the world of auditioning, often as an actor, um, that was starting to creep up. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that is one of the things that people turn their nose up at and I, it's not leaving necessarily. So I think it's a balancing act of like how much stock and effort you put into it, you know, and certain people won't have to do that and certain people will. And, uh, you know, I think you have to decide what you, how you want to function with that for yourself. But I think if you lean toward interacting with it and doing it, it will serve you, you know? That's not a thing that you even touch on, really, I'm guessing, for, like, college auditions or, like, 
or do you? That's or a good do, question. Do you get? Do you try to get them thinking about that? Because you know, if you go to U of M for musical theater, you want to go to Broadway. I'm guessing, and mm-hmm. that might be something that plays a factor for the Broadway auditions. Do you touch on it? Yeah, we I, we do in a sense of like I have a social media. Uh, like I have them do a cleanup of their social media because schools, colleges and universities, they will look at your stuff. And you know, when something gets posted on the internet, it never leaves. It never, ever leaves. And if you, if you don't want, if you wouldn't want your grandmother to read or hear about it, you know, or listen about it, you shouldn't have it on the internet. Mm -hmm. Really. I mean, you really shouldn't. Uh, I, I should clean up my own personal social media a little bit too. Uh, but, um, college, (laughs) college in Detroit was a lot, Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but I, I touched on it in that way. And then when students are accepted to those big name programs, it, you do, you gain a following. You know, I had a student that was accepted to the University of Michigan last year and he's gained a following. Like he has thousands of followers simply because he's a U of M and T. And so, you know, just uh, the responsibility of that and the monetizing of that uh, is something that I have have um, done my best to, to keep them level-headed about. And also, you know, talk to the family about that. And what do you do when you suddenly have this platform? Yeah. Um, so. Do you, once a, uh, a person that you've coached, once they get into college, and I guess maybe this hasn't happened yet if you just started in 2020. Uh, so I guess maybe do you plan to coach them through auditions out here in the world post-college? Is that something that you're looking towards? I have been fortunate enough to do that with most all of my students. Mm. So they'll like, as semester auditions will come up, they, I just had a few kids, uh, they're at, they're at Nazareth college. This, this story is crazy. So I had a student from Michigan and a student from Long Island and they met each other talking about social media marketing. They met each other on the internet through my social media. Cause I had posted about both of them separately. So they found each other, they met each other. And then there are these things called unified auditions where a bunch of schools come to New York, to Chicago and to LA to be at the same studio or the same hotel at the same time. So families don't have to traipse across the country auditioning for a bunch of schools. Right. Um, Cause like if you're a white female identifying person, you should be auditioning at, at for musical theater for no less than 25 programs which seems insane, but so the, the, the Unifieds are really helpful, but they met each other on social media. And then at New York Unifieds, they met each other because Jaden came in from Long Island and Avery came in from Michigan. They met each other. They were both accepted to the same school, Nazareth College. They both chose to attend and they're living together. <laughs> and they both separately texted me about their season announce- announcement for the fall. Um, and there's... Uh, Mid, they're doing midsummer, and so they were both like, "Ah, oh, classical," because that's you know, it's a, it's a small part of the college audition process. But they're like, I, "Like those monologues, like can we go over those?" So yeah, but with most students, um, I've been fortunate enough to uh, coach them after the college process, which I think again speaks to referrals and speaks to being a good person and doing good work. Um, it's really important to me, my job, and it's really important to me that that every student get every, the the most amount of value from every second that they spend with me and, and outside of it. Um, probably almost to my detriment at this point as a business <laughs> owner, but like I, I will go to the ends of the earth and bend over three times backwards to make sure that you are putting your best work into your auditions. Um, which is, it's a lot. And a lot of it has to do with like, just calming the fuck down to be honest with you, like, yeah. which I think we, we all could benefit from in this city or, or anywhere that you live. Like just calm the fuck down. Like yeah. go, go know that you're good at what you do. Walk into that room, share that with them, and then the rest of it you have to let go. 
but at 17 years old, it's really hard. So hard. Yeah. I mean, my, my acting coach, the one out here, uh, you know, I was 24 when I found him and though I thought I was good, I, I, I look back and I'm like, I was good, but I wasn't really, um, but he always like his mo- his note that he gave me for like the first three months that I worked with him. It was the same note every time. It was like just easier. Just like yeah, because like you know, there's there's you know how when you heard like the thing the expression was like I oh, I know you're a good actor because I heard it and it sounded just like a conversation you were having. It didn't sound like you were acting sure. or something. What or what or like a million other like cliches. Um, you know, I would go in and I would. And be like, hey, you know, I'm Justin. I'm reading for this, and it's like, hey, I came here to pick up that package that my, and you know, it just sounded right. so like not natural at all. Right. Um. It's just like just just easier, and I think he he described it as like young guy stuff. He's like, I don't really know what the word is for it. I'm not educated enough for it, but it's like you just got a lot of young guy stuff. You got a lot of angst, and you're not like as you get older, it'll go away. Which is like just intentionally and just like. Make it easier. He was I, saying that you, you have, sorry to interrupt you. He, he, he's saying that you have young guy stuff that you, that are, is coming through that's hurting the work that you're doing. It's just, it's making me tense up yeah, okay. and over, it's, uh, he was breaking down why I sounded right. like I did as I, you know, was I trying too hard to project? Was I trying too hard to sound like I was trying to do something? Like, right. did I have an objective in my head? And I'm like, is that what I thought? sounded natural i don't know it was it was a whole different slew of things and i don't think it's exclusive to just young guys i think it's the same thing you said where everyone can take a breath but i think that's like the biggest note that i always remember going into any performance just like just easy yeah just like just calm down and it's it's like you know in this city we it is the most competitive city in the world for every industry, right? So you have to know that you're good. There, there's a baseline of talent that needs to be there, right? But you have to be a person to get until AI again takes over everything. <laughs> you have to get the job, you know. So you have to for now. Like if you talk, uh, there's a woman named Karen Colehouse. She takes she teaches an awesome uh, audition, uh, like monologue audition class. You should take it if you haven't taken it. Karen Colehouse, and she talks about being in thousands and thousands of auditions and just the shitty in- energy that people bring into the room automatically if you bring that energy in they're not gonna they're they're gonna be working against you automatically if you bring that energy in the room so it's about like knowing that you're good at this knowing that you love this going in and sharing that with them and then and then going out and you know treat yourself or whatever you want to do but taking that breath of ease going into the room i have another friend actually that says before you walk into any room that you're auditioning for you should think about something that you really love you really love like and if I was going to an audition I would think of golden retrievers with babies like interacting yeah yeah uh, that like bringing that energy in is so is is going to put you in a place that's way farther ahead of the game than most actors because most actors are miserable you know yeah or I shouldn't say most that's a blanket statement that's maybe not fair but like a lot of actors are miserable not, I think actors that are having trouble finding work yes. or maybe have been out I mean I've I've been that actor for a long time and I was pretty miserable. I right. know a lot. I know a lot of us were. Right. It's yeah. it's 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 this the dream of it, you know, and and what you think live is to be a struggling actor or be a starving artist, is not fun. It's not cute. Mm-mm. It's not cute when your friends are getting you know second and third promotions and are are making now can go on trips and like they are 
have to be weird about inviting you because they don't know if you can afford it. And then they offer to pay for it. Like that happened to me. That, that stuff's hard. It's really hard, you know? Um, and you're never going to make a ton of money as an artist in most cases. And you shouldn't enter this industry as an artist of any kind for the money. Right. You should do it for the, you know, love the, love the, uh, art in yourself, not yourself in the art. So Stanislavski, but who's that? Oh, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> what year did you graduate from art school? <laughs> did you go it, to Russia? It changed. I did. I did go to Russia. I did the, the oh. month of Moscow program in June of 2012. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I also love telling people like, yeah, I went to Russia for a month. And uh, right. Yeah. And especially like right now, yeah. and like for the last year, year and a half, that's always evoked a different reaction of like, uh, when like June. Yeah. Pause for effect. 2012. Yeah. I'm like, you should go. It's beautiful. And they're like, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not, not yeah. right now. It's, it's crazy. Like the opportunity to go to the Moscow art theater school and to, you know, this school that Stanislavski created is insane. And the mm -hmm. fact that our little school in Detroit has this program is such an incredible training opportunity. And the, one of the cool things about it is that once you've gone once, you're permanently invited. I would not feel comfortable, certainly at this point, going to Russia. I don't think lots no. of any, anybody really would. No. And I'm, I'm, I mean, we're, we're approaching June. I, I'm curious now. I want to ask if they they're not they don't they shouldn't they that's the correct <laughs> that's the correct they, answer they, they should not they should actually. not they should not. um no. <laughs> good i mean it's sad and you know i hope i don't know if i don't know if anatoly is still the dean of the moscow art theater school i know i know the person who's in charge of the program at wayne state is good friends with him and that's the connection that has it who who is now in charge of it? Because when I went, it was Dr. Thomas who established it in the seventies. But I was it I Foss? thought it was I thought it was still him. Oh okay. N or no, maybe I, maybe he's just in charge of that program while he doesn't teach throughout the year. Okay, maybe. Um, I know that Matt Foss like bring up all these names that people just name <laughs> would, drops. Maybe drops, no, maybe not no. But uh, they uh, he was in charge of it, and someone named oh, Jill. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, no Jill. I know we don't but, know, we don't know anybody anymore. Yeah. They but just no, opened that new facility there. It's well, uh, it's not open yet. No, it, yes, it is. is they it? had a whole production. When you need to get up on your way. I was just at the showcase two, three weeks ago. It, it, Cabaret. They did an entire production. Two when? weekends. Two weekends. When? Done. Yeah. What? When? This past like they they just oh, closed this past today. Weekend? They closed okay. today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good um, because it was because I was talking to Michael at the showcase, showcase. and I'm I'm like, is it is it open? He's like, it. I think he said it fucking better be because we have a show opening in two weeks or whatever he said. It really is. It's, it's such a cool thing for Wayne State University. Like it's a really expensive and state of the art, like which was so needed. Um, and it, a personal thing about that is it's interesting and cool to because I, you know, I have my issues with with what how the program was run and what and my education. But I am like a big Wayne Stater. Like I'm a super oh, yeah. super dork about that. Like Wayne State Mafia. Um, but having that experience of, of watching that from afar, it's like my teachers are involved in that. My, like in some ways, my classmates, we are tangentially involved. And then also I have students and parents that I've worked with as a coach. Like two of my students are in that were in that show. No right? way. And then also a colleague, Bethany Calderona, who graduated before me, even she is a voice teacher in Southeast Michigan. And she is the person that's helped me start 
New York City College audition is coach. Is that her maiden name? Are we thinking of the same? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, it's no, it's not her maiden name. Uh, Bethany Holsty is her is her maiden name. I think I was thinking of Beth Hedden. Beth Hedden, yeah. Okay. She, and she just got married too. But Be- Bethany Calderona, like, homegirl gave me like four students that first year. Like, well, I had... It's a lot semantics. It's edit that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's going to be the first she, clip she, I post she, on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. Bethany that Holsty, like Bethany Calderona, like she is the person that started my business. And so to have a colleague, former classmates, current students and current pa- family and uh, teachers all involved in this thing, I, like my heart was like a little sad that I wasn't there, but also was like singing for those students and the opportunity and, and just the, the place that they get to make art. So I'm very happy for our, our school and you yeah. know, it is what it is. But I think in life, like you just have to take what you end up doing. Right. And now with my business, I want to put you at the, the best pe- possible place, but regardless, you have to go after what you want and you have to get what you want out of life and get what you want out of your actor training and all that stuff. And so I think it all, you know, comes out in the wash if if you're working hard and you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing it will come to fruition for you um and the alternative is to change that <laughs> you know change uh, change something else i always tell people because i'm you know 32 and i'm still pursuing the acting i still i auditioned the other day for something i auditioned two times last week um and i tell people i'm like i'm i'm just gonna keep going until it happens because i know you know, when I moved out here, there it was. I was 22. It was 2012, um, and there were like, I don't know. I'm guesstimating like 10 to 15 thousand probably guys that looked like me right. that were going for the same roles. And you know, we didn't all audition for every audition, but you know, when I hit 25, half of them had moved back home sure. or started families. And when I hit 30 that 50% that had moved had probably become closer to 90, maybe 95. And so I always look at it as like, I'm 32 now. I've kind of grown into myself. I'm confident. I've got those soft uh, skill, sets. skill sets. I'm easier. Like all that young guy yeah. stuff is, is fading away if it's not gone. And it seems like I'm best set up personally for success right now while also facing the least amount of competition that I ever have. That's a really interesting uh, way to think about it, the, how you're navigating the industry. And I think I agree with your assessment of, of you as a person. Um, you're, you're coming to a sweet spot, right? Which, you know, you have your first Broadway credit, which is helpful and, and amazing. And congratulations again, by the way. Thank you. Um, but like, it, it is this sweet spot. And I think you, you have to have knowledge about the industry. You have to have... Um, organization how are you living your everyday life and how you're making your money for to pay your rent and you have to have um confidence which you just said and you also have to have perspective you know about how difficult the industry is and that those four pillars it's funny that we're coming to that in this part of the conversation they those guide my college coaching uh, uh process those four things you have to understand what you're getting yourself into you have to have confidence in it you have to have perspective and you have to have one other thing that i'm forgetting that i just said but all those four (laughs) things you have to have those things uh in order to be successful and i i I literally as a person can relate everything back to actor training like Mm -hmm. just because it's about being a human it's about like being a kid from 
Michigan who whose family lost a lot of money right before he went to college who, who basically put himself through college and is now a badass has Broadway credit and is doing this podcast and like living by himself in New York like that's awesome and that's why you're still here and I, that's you know you have to be really tenacious I think in every industry in life but especially in this being an artist or being an entrepreneur like you have to really be tenacious and to know that it's what you should be doing and to know that you're good enough and to know that you are enough um, to do it. So thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. I, yeah. I whew, whew, I'm sweating after all that. Mm-hmm. That was, it was really nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been one hell of a ride. Um, what would you say for, cause you know, you've, you've got a roster, you can't coach all 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 kids that are going out for a musical theater program or an acting program. Sure. What would you say are like your top things that you blanket recommend people to focus on? as they go into these programs are is it the is it those same four pillars that kind of apply towards like the business as a whole like kind of know yeah the schools and and what they're looking for and whatnot or yeah like- i think it, it it really is it's it's knowledge it's organization confidence and perspective right so yeah. you have to know what the process is, is like right you have to know what you're getting yourself into and the knowledge also is a self-awareness thing right like i'm not a singer never have been i'm not going to go in for musical theater programs right so knowledge in in that way knowledge about how you get into to theater school what the process is like and then you have to have um you have to have organization you have to be organized when you're applying and auditioning to 25 schools or 30 schools. i had a kid come to me the other day with 40 schools on her list i said no ma'am but but <laughs> Every school has different requirements, so you have yeah. to be organized. You have to have your spreadsheet. You have to have your, your the, that together, and then you have to know that you have the right material, and that you know that you do it well, and you're doing your best work. So that's the confidence. So knowledge, organization, confidence, and then perspective. The, those are what I would recommend to students that are seeking admission to any theater school across the country. Those things will help set you up for a successful process, and what whatever success means. You know, if the average acceptance for a white female identifying person that's auditioning for 15 musical theater programs. It used to be two. It is now under two and really hovering around one. So that's 14 right. no's. So that's that you actually, you mentioned this earlier and I, I forgot to circle back to it. You said a white female identifying person should apply to 25 ish programs. Yeah. And I was going to ask why specifically that demographic and that number of schools. Is that the reason? Is it because because we don't need more white girls in the American musical theater. We don't. And so programs are finally, finally starting to address diversity, equity, and inclusion. And instead of having one person of color or like, um, to be, to be a little frank, like the token black girl, we, we don't, we don't do that anymore. Or programs that are worth their salt are not operating that way. anymore. Right. And so, yes, is it maybe a tiny bit harder to get into, to a school that's really competitive? If you're a white, white female and person, Maybe and you said that acceptance rate is 0. 0.75. 0.75. So it's already hard. It's already hard. Yeah. Right. But 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 the fact still remains, even when you're talking about that, there are still on most occasions more white people in the class than there are people of color. So like, I I, I don't know. I I'm thinking of this one family, like this father, like his kid had gotten into all of the big schools, and we were at a dinner after the process was over, and he kept harping on affirmative action. 
like I was so mad, Justin. I literally like I put two hundred bucks on the table and I left the table. I was yeah. like, I cannot be at a table with you. White father. Yes. Complaining about yes. affirmative action. Yes. Yeah. And okay. and you know how it affects the musical theater audition process. And he's because he's mad about the University of Michigan. She made it through the pre-screen and did not get in. Okay. And I was like, there are so many reasons, so many reasons. And that's the one school. She there were other schools that said no to her, but like, how dare you? Yeah. Like how dare you in the face of our just our country's history? I don't know. I don't want to get a political soapbox, but like <laughs> it's just like it, that's crazy. Um and so that it's a numbers game, right? To answer your question. Then it's a number you want to have enough schools uh to give your odds of admission, you know? Yeah. There's some crazy schools saying no to some crazy talented kids. I was like, excuse me, ball state, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. But like it's competitive process. So which is yeah. why people have have folks like me on their team. So that's great. Yeah. I, in life and in college auditions, you have to have knowledge. I think organization, confidence, and perspective. That's that's my job. Those are four very solid pillars. Yeah. And those that, that just came to me actually the other day. I'm like having my website redesigned and so like trying to come up with all this content and like those four things, it was like it hit me like like a smack in the head. I've never seen that on anybody else's website, those four things. And those four things to me really are guiding principles, certainly for that process, but I also think for life. You know? I just saw the uh, the poll for the new logo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I vote, and I voted, and I'm like, ooh, 75 percent of people agree with me. Fantastic. It's number two, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. That's what it's gonna be. That. <laughs> Fantastic. You heard it here first, mm-hmm. but this is gonna come out after it's designed. So yeah. you heard it here yeah. last. Check that website out: yeah. www.nyccollegeauditioncoach.com. Amazing. I think uh, I think that's about an hour. I think that's a great place to end. Yeah, man. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on. It was fascinating hearing about it. I really appreciate you taking the time, coming all the way up here from <laughs> from two blocks down. <laughs> right? My and, pleasure, man. Yeah. Come on again anytime you want. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. We did it, man. We did it. We did it.